Today's episode brought to you by Horror Movie Shoes. Always on the run? Tired of falling down at the most critical point in your day? Stumbling and tripping all over yourself is now a thing of the past with Horror Movie Shoes. These kicks are stabilized with the special cold fusion powered gyroscopes that keep you upright even when suffering from multiple stab wounds. And talk about fast! Thanks to patent pending, speedy technology, you no longer sit and spin your wheels when faced with an overwhelming presence. Find horror movie shoes at any fine establishment that sells shoes today. Horror movie shoes. Don't get caught with them because you'll definitely be caught without them. Also, our show today brought to you by I Like Comics in Vancouver, Washington. Sign up for a free subscription box today and receive 20% off any titles that you sign up for. And, uh, and get this. No minimum amount of titles to sign up for, so you can just get one. Tons of comics, new and old, trade paperbacks, hardcovers, statues, collectibles, action figures, t-shirts. You name it, this place has it if it has to do with comics. Check them out online at ilikecomicsonline.com. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week, each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who's always cool. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. And you guys can check us out at horrormovietalk.com. Com. Check us out also on our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know. Um, we also have an audience survey. You're going to hear us say this in the show kind of a little bit here and there for the next couple months. So we're taking a survey of our listeners and we'd like you to participate. It will help us learn more about you no matter how long you've been a listener or how frequently you listen to this show. So please just take a few minutes, visit our website at horrormovietalk.com. You'll find the listener survey link right on the main page. I'm sorry, right on the navigation bar on the website. It's also in the sidebar of the episode posts. Uh, and you can complete the survey anonymously. So thank you very much for doing that in advance, which I'm sure everyone will. I'm right. certain mm-hmm. of it. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so check us out. This week, we're posting an additional bonus episode where you get to learn more about my taste, Bryce's taste for horror movies, kind of what got us started, what we like. So uh, so subscribe to us and look for us every Wednesday. Uh, leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere that you listen to us, and we'd be greatly appreciative of that. I've been seeing some more reviews lately and i like it so yeah thank you for leaving reviews if you have yeah so today we're going to be reviewing halloween the original from 1978 um rice and i went last night which was friday night to uh to the kiggins theater in downtown vancouver uh where they were screening a one-time only showing of the original halloween and it was it was great. Yeah, we plugged it on our last show. So we so we reviewed Halloween 2010, 2018, sorry. What year is it? Uh the most recent Halloween movie last week and this week they just so happened to have this screening of the original. And so we jumped on it. Yeah, Halloween back to back. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's a unique experience seeing the new one first before even seeing the original it gives a unique perspective for me 
Yeah, it does. And and like the ambiance in that theater was was great. Like there were so many people who were just so psyched to like there was a lot of people there. Like I was surprised at how how full it was. What about you? Yeah, I mean I did not expect it to be that popular. It was definitely over half full. Yeah. And Kiggins is just a small, tiny Main Street theater in It's got one uh one big screen with a decent a decent sized Yeah, it was um, built in like nineteen thirty something, nineteen thirty six or something, Art Deco style. It's a really cool old theater yeah. and it's fun to go to, but it's one of it's just one of those community theaters that no one really gets excited about just because it's it's there it's been there for so long that you kind of just kind of walk by it but right but and man, there's like a regal cinema about like two blocks away that yeah that's got to be tough that's got to be tough to to be competing with that and, yeah. and quite frankly it was a really fun experience and yeah. i'll be going back i i went to i i used to go there a lot during the summer but uh you know i had a kid lately so that kind of <clears throat> slowed down a little bit um, anyway, we start out the the review by uh, giving our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. It's not that hard to figure out how that works. <laughs> 1 is terrible, 10 is great, 5 is average, just totally average. Middle of the road. Middle of the road. Um, after we give our score, we'll get into spoilers, and we'll take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later in this episode, we will be doing taglines, where we make up new or different or funny taglines uh, for the uh, for the movie that we're reviewing. We want to. We try to be funny, but we don't want to say we're trying to be funny in case they're not. We tr- we do try. We do try uh, to varying degrees. Yeah, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> just stick around you'll see and then we'll also be doing horror movie news um thanks again for listening and let's get into the show so like i said we went to see uh halloween the original in a movie theater and it was fun and quaint and earnest in the way that a well-made early slasher or kind of yeah in a, in the way that a well-made early slasher is uh this is this is the standard for slashers for a reason so let's play that trailer the one the only the, the classic halloween halloween night a small american town 15 years ago trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because i realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil so the original halloween can be found <laughs> the original halloween can be found for rent on amazon for i think four bucks and uh, on Shudder for free if you're a subscriber to Shudder. 
And uh, you might as well just, if you want to watch Halloween, you might as well just subscribe to Shudder because I, Shutter because I think. It's five bucks if you pay monthly. I yeah, think. I, th- I think it's five bucks if you play, pay monthly. And if you sign up for like a span, it's like three bucks. Yeah. Like a, for a, some period of time. Halloween is a story about Michael Myers. Uh, misunderstood, just he's just a misunderstood kid, <laughs> you know, who happens to stand for the existential meaning of fate, and who kills his sister in cold blood, as like a six year old ish kid, maybe like seven or eight. Uh, you know, he then he has a fifteen year stay in a mental hospital, and he eventually escapes uh, to wreak havoc on his hometown while in his prime year, the the prime time of his life. My score of this movie, and I try to, I'm trying to ignore the ambiance of that charming theater and my, also my dislike for slashers, which doesn't really seem to apply to this movie. My score is eight out of 10. What do you, what do you have to say about that? Um, yeah, I think I agree. Actually, I was thinking about going seven, but I think, I think it's an eight. Yeah. Just in, in how effective it is setting up the character it's a little slow for me it's slow there's a little lots of empty space that is used to build dread and i think at the time it was probably much more effective than it is now oh yeah we know what a slasher is and the timing yeah of a slasher you know you can you can go a lot quicker yeah so yeah i do i'd give it an eight i'd agree with that yeah Man, by the way, the word slasher, I just, like, I'm so mealy-mouthed on that word. I, just, I know. There's so many words in this podcast. Horror. Horror. Slasher. Is he saying horror or whore? Horror? Could be either one. He's Horror. Horror. Hey. Horror. Check out this horror. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah, you like that. <laughs> so... Frankly, I I like this more than uh, than the most recent 2018 version of it. Personally, uh, when we got home last night, you kind of juxtaposed them in an interesting way, which was you compare you directly compared them. Mm-hmm. And wh- go ahead and wh- what's your thoughts on I think the direct comparison between the two, the new one and the original? I, I think if you compare a movie from four decades ago and just say as a movie which is more entertaining yeah the the more recent one is so much slicker and is able to like convey the same themes in a much more entertaining way despite like all the history of slashers since then yeah that it's still very effective like that's very impressive to me and so i i would say like i think it's i think it's better from the experience of not seeing the first one and i'm not like I'm not like one of those guys that says, like, oh, I don't want to watch a black and white movie. Right, right. That's not how life is. It's, no. I understand what the, the what technology existed back then and yeah. what they could do. But just even in terms of storytelling, it was more interesting. There's definitely something to be said, primarily in this case, for the pacing. Like, and all older movies, you know, if you're looking at a 40, 50, 60-year-old movie now, the pacing is just much slower. And if you grew up, if you grew up in the eighties, nineties, you know, you, you've been fully immersed in this, 
in this fast in the, this these movies that are edited to be quick in right. every sense of the word in, in fact it bothers people who grew up in the 50s and 60s sometimes i've talked right. to people who are like i can't stand how much they cut around like they cut from one close up of someone's face to another close up of someone else's face and it's just distracting yeah, I mean, it's it's gotten pretty bad even for me lately with some of these action movies. Like, this, a, a lot of the Bourne movies, it's Ugh. just like, oh, my gosh. You can't tell what's going on at all. And it's just oh my shaky God. cam yeah. all the time. But I think, like, the, the, uh, the one cultural phenomenon that deserves the most blame for that or was the most influential was MTV. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. music videos, quick cuts, and... Just really in your face. And I think that's when it started, like, movies being a lot quicker yeah, and conveying information visually and just trusting the audiences that are going to catch them immediately no, as I think... opposed to dwelling on it. You know, I think of Hitchcock movies where yeah, he that's... really is laying mm-hmm. out the story visually and he has to really slowly gloss over things. And it's effective. It's great storytelling. It's a great way to tell you know the background of the characters and stuff without having them say but damn is it slow but you're this kind of guy yeah yeah exactly you know you but you're this kind of guy accomplishes literally five minutes of exposition sometimes right like it's and so there and therefore it is just it is all it is just used because it's efficient and while it is corny and bad it's also efficient and fast so there's something to be said for both (laughs) I was just reading the, the beats to hit the, the, the beat one. Yeah, Music. let's transition let's... into the spoilers. Oh shit! Shit! Spoilers! Shit! Oh! Oh God! <laughs> So I have some good news for so, so here's one spoiler. I've been participating in Sober October this October <laughs> and never in my life have I wanted to drink more. <laughs> Woo, uh, home stretch baby. Me, I I don't drink, so it means nothing to me. See, go to a bar. And it's strange <laughs> and just sit and drink coke. It's strange because I'll go through these phases where I'm like I like I, I won't drink for like a couple months and it won't even occur to me. I won't even think about it. But in September, I was like, I was like, oh, baby, it is it is on. And so then I heard about Sober October on Joe Rogan podcast. And so I was like, you know, I I, the fact that I like drinking so much right now probably could do with uh, let's do this Sober October thing. And it's been it's been good because (laughs) because it's been painful because it's been painful. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Anyway, uh, so. The ha- Halloween starts out with a great scene, and th- and I'm pretty sure it's it's probably a pretty historic scene uh, because it starts out with Mike Myers. It's like Mike Myers' vision, right? Yeah. It's like intended to be shot from his point of view or from his eyes as a eight year old kid. Well, yeah, that it's not revealed that he's a kid until the very end of the scene, too. Right. Good old switcheroo. Right, exactly. It, and so and so he starts out watching his, his sister and her boyfriend make out on their couch. But, of course, we don't, at this point, we don't know. We just think this is a peeping Tom um, watching some lovebirds. And then uh, he, he watches them make out. They decide to go upstairs. He wanders through the kitchen, grabs a knife on his way in, 
And uh, by the way, the largest damn knife I've ever seen, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I've seen and I've seen uh, what's that Australian movie? Crocodile, oh, Crocodile Dundee. Dundee. <laughs> I've seen that movie. And this knife is substantially bigger than that. Yeah, that's like the largest chef's knife that you could possibly buy. And it seems like every family in uh, Hellebrook, is that what the town is called? Uh, ha- uh, ha- Hollandfield. How? Hallafield? Hall- oh, shit. Oh, my God. This is embarrassing. Everyone in that little small town America has you the know, largest... their own 15-inch chef knife, yeah. <laughs> just in case. In like case swords. you need to yeah. cut like the world's largest watermelon or something. Can you fetch my, my chef's sword from the drawer, please? <laughs> <laughs> I think at a certain length, it should be required that there's a scabbard for, for chef's knives. I agree. <laughs> Um, so he grabs a knife. He wa- <laughs> he watches his sister's boyfriend walk down the stairs after like sixty seconds yeah. of doing it, <laughs> and uh, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll call you later." And she's like, "What? Wait, but hey, can't." And he's like, "I gotta go." It was so. It I was, gotta go. It was so subtle. I wonder if it was intentional, because yeah, she didn't have any reaction really. She was. He was just like. I gotta go. I gotta go. And she, and and, uh, and so anyway, so Mike remains hidden, kind of in the shadows, as the boyfriend walks out. He walks up the stairs, grabs a little clown mask uh, on his way into his sister's room. She's sitting there, topless, in her mirror, like brushing her hair. And she turns around. She's like, "Michael, like, oh my good, oh my goodness!" And she's covering herself up. And then, uh, and then you guys don't get to enjoy the reenactment of Dave, mm. David covering his boobs. Oh, <laughs> and um, I don't know why she's flirting with her brother. <laughs> oh, Michael. Well, I do. Oh, I her boyfriend don't... just left. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so she turns around. She covers her boobs. Michael's like, "What's up?" And then he stabs her bunch and kills her. This kills the sister. This kills the sister. This kills the Myers sister. And then we have the reveal shot, which is um, Mike outside in front of the house with a knife and a camera, like, kind of, you get a little bit of a drone shot moving up and away from Michael as his parents come home from yeah. their, their evening out on Halloween to to find Michael standing in the yard with a gigantic sword covered in blood. And they're like, Michael? And then it's kind of a freeze frame, and then, right. then we go into the most, like... Th- the most epic credits ever. Like those credits made me feel all. You know how how Christ, how people who love Christmas feel <laughs> when when like Jingle Bells comes on at Coles or whatever. Uh-huh. Like that's how that's how these credits make me feel. I'm like, oh, yeah, kind of warm inside. I'm like, oh, it's Halloween time. Very iconic credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goofy little pumpkin. I I re I remade that pumpkin for. For oh, yeah. my pumpkin sitting nice. outside my house. Um, so then, after that, uh, we have we have Mike as a... And by the way, these spoilers, not really spoilers if you're familiar with... Uh, if you've seen a, If you've a seen the movie, slashers, they're not a spoiler. If you, well, number one, obviously, <laughs> if you've seen the movie. But I'm just saying, this is the, this is the slasher movie that got copied by every other slasher movie. There's really not that much to spoil mm-hmm. in a hor- in a slasher movie. He Pe- kills people. People get stabbed. Right. Pretty much everyone that you would expect. Well, and then you would maybe think, one or two people that you don't. You would think that after he kills his sister, he goes away to a mental mental institution, and then that's that. That's the end of the movie. He yeah. killed his sister. It's done. 
It's just him. The rest of the movie is just him staring at a wall. Right. He's not gonna. He's not gonna escape. Right. On a but darkened... that's what makes this such a revolutionary movie. Right. He does other things. He does other things other than stare at a wall. So, yeah. So he. So he. Um. On a dark and stormy night, we we cut to Doctor Loomis, and it proclaim the the movie proclaims in subtitles that it's fifteen years later. Uh, it's Halloween. It's almost Halloween. The day before Halloween. And uh, and Dr. Loomis is driving to the mental institution, uh, which is what it was called at the time. Don't give me guff. Um, but he's he's heading to the mental in- institution. It's a dark and stormy night as he approach as he they're approaching the, the place. He's like talking to the nurse, like kind of like building Michael up how he's this inhuman, just monster just a personification of evil. Yeah, the personification. Exactly. And as they like approach the gate, like you get the creepiest shot of just a bunch of people wandering around in the foggy, weird, rainy middle distance in white costumes in the middle of nowhere. And they're just escaped yeah, mental patients. Mental patients. That's a disturbing thought, right? Right. right. You pull up to a mental institution and, and then you're like... a bunch of patients grazing in the field. A bunch of people out here at the <laughs> middle of the night. Just Boy, aimlessly just, wandering. They're just wearing white shirts. Who Like, do you suppose they're all together? Or, oh... They escaped from the mental institution. Anyway, so Loomis gets out of the car. He's like, I got to see what's going on here. At which point, Michael makes his move. He makes a run for the car, jumps up on it, gets all spidery, breaks a window, gets in, scares off Nurse Ratchet, and drives away. And then Michael makes his escape. Uh, He was all flubbery on top of that car, kind of like wiggling around all funky. And he wasn't aggressive towards either of them, really. He's just like, he had to get in the car. I was expecting a little bit more violence, but I I just couldn't remember what happened. And then now the action is done for a long, long time. Now we begin the building experience that we were talking about. This is the pacing problem, quote unquote problem with this movie is now they just kind of do a bunch of talking and setting up and, Long, long shots looking at the house across the street, mm-hmm. thinking about the house across the street, wondering who's at the house across the street, looking back at the house across the street, thinking about it some more, talking about it, wondering about the boogeyman, etc. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of shots of, look at this uh, frame right now. Nothing's in it. Next time we're in it, there's Michael. Oh, ah. Dwell on it for a second. And then go back to a reaction, and then go back, and Michael's gone. That's literally about fifty percent of the movie. Yeah, no, that's maybe more. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not even. I mean, this this isn't even like Michael pursuing. It's just Michael watching. Yeah, and being a creep. Yeah, standing like with one eye out. Out of there the was one. Frame. There was one thing that um, this movie uh, did great, and. It's probably one of the reasons why it's so legendary is that they literally did not show the mask for the first half of the movie practically. It was Yeah. It was just, you know, over his shoulder or something, and it was in the distance. Anytime you could see the mask in the first half of the movie, it was blurry or way in the distance where it just looked like kind of a featureless face. Yeah. And that was super effective just because it's it just represents it just represents a presence 
better than just a guy in a mask. There yes. wasn't it wasn't much about like the reverence towards the mask or the symbolism of the mask. Like the mask is not important. Right. What was important was there was a presence a disturbing that figure you could not distinguish the features or motives of. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's absolutely true. I'd never thought about that. And I and I've been trying to put myself in the shoes of uh, you know, an audience member who went to see this for the first time in like 1978, mm-hmm. right? Which is to say, you have n- you have no preconceived notion of Mike Myers at all. Right. You know, you have you, not only that. If you're lucky, you've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre or The Hills Have Eyes, something similar to this. But probably you have not. Mm-hmm. Probably you haven't because. It's this is a fair this is a new genre and this is this is the 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 installment that really solidifies the mold of the slasher. So so this is the first time anybody's really ever seen this and all they really get they don't get to see a close up of the mask or anything like you said they see just a silhouette and it's weird and it's disturbing and you're like oh, is that and someone's it's usually, face? It's usually in the darkness, right? And it's like it's just in shadow and it's just enough. For you to understand that it's the features of a human face, but nothing else, that, like no expression that you can, yeah, you know, read. yeah, and you're not sure is that like you can pretty much tell that it's a mask, but it's not blatantly clear, right? I mean, yeah, so it it works really well in the way, yeah, in the way that they uh, they presented it and and didn't kind of they held back on it, um, so. We kind of get to learn a little bit about Laurie, and uh, the three main characters really in this movie are Laurie, uh, which is... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Thanks. <laughs> I was up until two last night writing. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie, Loomis, the doctor, and and Mike Myers, essentially. That's, mm-hmm. that's the triangle of people that you really see and hear from the most, and... Um, and Lori's kind of uh she's not very good with boys. She's in high school. She she does a lot of babysitting and Yeah, she's the archetypal virgin. You're right. Slasher virgin. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh and so you you really learn a lot about that <laughs> Lori's life and her kind of this the social structure of her. Can friends. I say that Jamie Lee Curtis just her her appearance and her voice even is nearly exactly the same 40 years later. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. She looked like a young 40, like young 50 year old 40 years ago, you know, like it was, that's one way of putting it. (laughs) I mean, she's, she's very attractive. Yeah. Like I, I mean, ever since true lies, I was, you know, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for Jamie Lee Curtis. This is a thing. This is just one of those things that I, that, I just don't get, but I, I acknowledge, but I have just never felt it. Every like my dad will be like, oh man, Jamie Lee Curtis. And I'll be like, what? Really? And he'll be like, yeah. Oh, but what? Are you kidding me? Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, man. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then other guys will be like, Jamie Lee Curtis, the original scream queen. Am I right? Like elbow me. I'm like, I, okay. Like, I, like, I, I don't, I don't find her unattractive by no. any, by any means. Right. I just don't get it. It's right. Just, it's well, I mean, I, I think one of the things is like it's the uh, girl next door kind of deal because she's not overly sexualized and she's the least sexualized character in this movie. Oh, I think yeah. I think Doctor Loomis is more sexualized than <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> A bold statement, but probably true. <laughs> but 
yeah, I mean, she like it's, it's just uh, really impressive how she's held up over the years. Yeah, no, it those, did. eating all that activity probably does does wonders. Oh yeah, man, for sure. Got to keep regular, mm-hmm. and uh, and those cultures very important. <laughs> um, Probiotics. Yeah, no, she. And and you know I think this was her maybe her first acting gig I'm I'm don't quote yeah. me on that to so introducing Jamie Lee Curtis yeah the, this was her first acting gig and uh, and I read something that said um, that after her first day of shooting so this was a really low budget movie they had like three three hundred thousand dollars to work with um it's and a three week long yeah and they had a three shoot. three week long shoot and because of the the low budget they decided to to focus on just the, a single day a 24 hour period essentially um and uh anyway so first day of shooting jamie lee curtis is like she's crying and she's upset she feels like she gave a bad performance and she got a call from john carpenter and uh john there's another mealy mouth thing that i'm at john carpenter um he he we should just do the entire podcast in the in the voice of (laughs) buffalo bill yeah for sure well, she's a great big fat person. She's a great big fat person. Anyway, John so Carpenter. John Carpenter, Jerry Carpenter gives uh, Jim <laughs> Curtis a call, and she's like, "Oh no, this is I'm just gonna get I'm gonna get fired." And uh, instead, he congratulates her on like doing just a great job on her first day. And I gotta say, like, one of the things that impressed me the most about this movie was the acting. From every character, even the the hot blonde girl who is supposed to be hot and blonde and kind of ditzy, but mm-hmm. acting was great. Like it, it was just it was solid all the way through. And Jamie Lee Curtis especially, yeah, and Loomis as well. Uh, Donald Pleasance, yeah, Donald Pleasance, um, yeah, who was Blofeld in the James Bond movies back in the sixties and seventies. I'll, I'll take your word for it because I'm looking at like bunch of james bond movies on your mm-hmm. your dvd thing yeah so yeah i mean this is one of those situations where the the three girls were definitely in their mid-20s and cast as teenagers <laughs> jamie like lee Curtis was actually a teenager was she yes yeah i mean they looked ironically pretty... because she looked she, <laughs> she looked like she was maybe pushing 50 right um so Timeless is what they, they call were, that. Yeah, it was one of those situations in a in a movie where it's like, yeah, we're we're teens. Hello, Hello fellow, fellow kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so they kind of they kind of do all the things that you would expect kids to do. They smoke pot and they talk about the dance and you know they worry about. Yeah, the acting on it was great, and like yeah. the and the writing around what teenagers would be talking and how they'd be talking was pretty. Very believable yeah. and very suburban, very kind of sleepy town, just kind of just every day. And uh, learned at the theater that originally the original concept was the babysitter killings or something like that. And that yeah. that comes through and you're like, oh, yeah, all these these three girls are babysitters. And it starts out with Mike Myers killing his sister, which was his babysitter. Yeah. And you can see how it grew out of that where it's like, okay, let's do a babysitter killer. And then all of a sudden he creates like a really cool killer that takes over the concept of like, okay, let's just do it on uh, the ultimate evil and inevitable yeah. fate of yeah. being of confronted death. by death. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- that's a good point. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, thinking about the actual premise, like what 
like okay so you're looking to fill you're looking to fill theater seats with butts uh, and you're going to do that by giving them something relatable what what did kids do in 1978 kids who would go and see this movie babysat for money that's that's what they did if and if you didn't do it your girlfriend did it or you know or your boyfriend did it whatever but and you're going to be scared out of your mind. Like this is this is perfect. This is the perfect premise because it's like I do that, and people exist who kill people, and this is fucking horrifying. So yeah, now I'm thinking about like the proof of concept. It's great. Yeah, the jump scares in this movie were great because you know jump scares used to be like actual jump scares, like right. unexpected. What was what was the one that? was super effective there was like a window in the background and you're kind of looking at the window or a mirror or something and all of a sudden michael comes from like the oh. side oh no no it was, was it? well for me it was when loomis takes the sheriff out to the myers house the abandoned myers house and they're up in uh michael's sister's room and he's like this is where this is where mike killed his sister and then, like, and they're, like, looking outside. And then, like, this gutter comes down and breaks the oh, window yeah. right next That's to Lemus's right. face. That's what it like, was. Good God <laughs> in heaven! That was fucking... And it wasn't even, like, there was no musical cue. It mm-hmm. was just a very loud glass-breaking sound effect. Because he's just, like, giving exposition and background to the story. And then just randomly the gutter shatters through the window. It was... It, it was <laughs> extremely effective. Yeah. I was... Jumping. Yeah. Mid-jump. Yeah. Yeah. And I was jumping and I was scared. It was just a great jump scare. Um, yeah, actually, th- that's a good point. And it kind of segues nicely into, like, the score on this movie, which was which is, number one, iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that music, the screeching. The, the music was used as jump scare. Right. Material. Yeah, which brings us to the th- Halloween theme, which kind of plays throughout the movie, um, which um, is was written in a rare five four time signature, which I I have an idea of what that means, but uh, I have a feeling you you have a better idea being a, uh, a bit of a music yeah. aficionado. Yeah, five four is just an, basically an off centered beat. So most the most common time signatures are four four, which is one two. Three. One two three four. One two three four. One two three four. Or three four. Or a three eight, which would be one two three. One two three. One two three. So when you do a five four, it's it's like off putting because it's like a stutter. One two three four five. One two three four five. So like. Um. Anyways, yeah, it's just a it's just a cool time signature. Yeah, and uh, and John Carpenter's father taught it to him, and that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. Um, question to the audience: uh, Have you seen the first Halloween, and did it leave a meaningful mark on you? Do you remember it fondly, or was it one of those things that really ended up te- like scarring you in a <laughs> in a way that you will never co- go back and watch it again, no matter how how tame I tell you it is. Um, yeah, so leave a comment on this episode's uh, blog post and let us know. Back to the movie, The Kills. Which one stood out to you the most? Um, I think the 
the nailing the guy to the wall with the gigantic yeah chef's knife that's what exactly what yeah. i was thinking too i was and there's uh, th- clearly that became his signature mm-hmm. that became his signature move because in the following movies it's done quite a bit mm. and in this in the most recent 2018 halloween i think he nails three or four people up onto a fence well or, yeah it's like it it's such a whatever. demonstration of power that he can lift a full-grown dude with yeah. one hand choking him he's and, his size and then also stab him so hard that he's pinned to a wall yeah like that's frightening yeah it's it's just uh it's very alarm and and he's always making like they they do a good job of making him like simultaneously human and inhuman right, right. he has this inhuman strength but he's clearly audibly struggling every time he he kills someone you mm-hmm. can hear him like grunting and breathing and of course there's like just the whenever he's close by it it ramps up the 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 tension by by having him breathing heavily and you can kind of like feel his presence nearby just just through the audio track yeah <laughs> should i just belch into the microphone yeah i, I, turn I, I should do a drive-by belch just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah after after the dude getting nailed to the wall i think i think my my other favorite one is his girlfriend uh where <laughs> Where Michael? Oh, yeah. That's a great so, scene. So, so that dude, so that dude and his girlfriend are are doing it in in a neighbor's house, I think. Right. And uh, in an abandoned house at this point, they believe the kid the kids are asleep. No, the kids no, are. The at, kids, they know that the kids are at Jamie Lee being Curtis's watched house. by Lori, and yeah. so they're they're doing it in this house over here. And uh, and so he goes downstairs to grab a beer and bring one back to her. And uh, and then he gets killed. And then <laughs> it's so goofy and so effective. This it's is great. The, this is the I was I fucking fell in love <laughs> when this happened. He walks back upstairs. Michael goes upstairs with a sheet over him and wearing the glasses of the boyfriend <laughs> over, over the, the sheet. sheet with the holes cut in the eyes. And he just stands there and he's his, a spoopy ghost. And his hot girlfriend's sitting there in bed topless, and uh, and she's like. Oh, real original. And he just stands there and oh man, that was that was a, one of the funniest scenes I've <laughs> I think I've ever seen in horror. I yeah. I laughed out loud for a long time. <laughs> and it was held. Like they didn't they didn't like have him walk up. I can't remember how it that was, how that scene ended, it but was like held you, for you, it was held until it stopped being funny and started being minorly uncomfortable, which uh, is a long time because it was funny forever. And then it became funny again. Right. <laughs> of, of just him standing there, just standing in yeah. a doorway. Yeah, man. And then eventually how, does he walk over to her in the sheet or does the sheet come off or does she approach him? I can't no, she approaches him and right. then uh, and then he basically starts strangling her. Right. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, oh, I was looking. <laughs> so like most of, yeah, the, the movie is so slow and nothing happens till the end. Right. Like well into the third act, basically yeah. nothing really happens. And then, like all the all the action happens at once. The second act is long. Yeah, but full attention building. Yeah, you you uh you remember the third act. Yeah. You don't remember looking at houses for 
30 minutes. Fuck you, I do. <laughs> I looked at some houses during that movie. Hoo-hoo. So the ending, like the very last girl that he comes after is Lori. And she fends him off several times <laughs> and is the most <laughs> frustrating version of a, a slasher trope of, ah, he's dead now. No, I don't have to worry about it. There were like three, three fake deaths. Yeah. Yeah. And she, like, has the gigantic butcher knife in her hand, and then she just uh, drops it. Just like, meh. Yeah. Uh, there's, I, I see no reason not to drop this next to the killer that was trying to kill me two seconds I ago. I gotta put this down. This this knife is disgusting. He got, stabbed, he got stabbed in the neck with a needle. Like, he's plainly dead now. Yeah. Even though there's no blood. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't check if he was breathing or not. It definitely uh it definitely created a lot. <laughs> Look at his mask, it's lifeless. Yeah. <laughs> Surely he's dead now, yeah. this inhuman monster. So there was a couple of those. Which I mean seeing it in a theater full of people is the best way to do that because the frustration and and the bemusement at how uh tropey it is yeah. was audible. Yeah. People are like Oh, come on! <laughs> come on! What are you doing? Yeah, each time it was it was just... And one of them was great. She stabs him in the neck with a... a, 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 a <laughs> like a crochet needle. A crochet needle. And he, like, he gets fucking stabbed yeah. in the neck with this thing. And, and then he, he takes it out and collapses. And just... And just falls like a sack. Like a rag doll. Yeah. And it was so... It was so funny when he did because it was it was exactly if i got stabbed in the neck with a crochet needle this is exactly <laughs> what would happen i'd get stabbed in the neck with the crochet needle i'd f- have a surge of adrenaline pull it out and then immediately collapse to the floor and pass out <laughs> <laughs> it would happen exactly like that yeah and they didn't even try like to make it splurt out blood or say oh it's because of immediate blood loss or in an artery or it was just i don't know it, sack it of was, potatoes boom it was like if mike myers was a zombie and his brain was in his neck right that's how he was dispatched yeah <laughs> it was great yeah yeah um yeah so uh and obviously at the end he he takes a he takes a revolver full of full of bullets and then uh and then he's dead right right <sighs> Right? No. Oh. Because okay. he, walks, he walks away. Right. Because... I mean, it's a very iconic shot of him. He fell over the balcony, is on the ground, and then when it comes back, he's not there. Yeah. And The then... same thing that's been happening throughout the entire movie. Hey, look, it's Mike. Hey, where'd Mike? Hayden's. <laughs> that should be one of my taglines. What is it? The deadliest <laughs> deadliest game of hide-and-seek. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um and then the movie ends with heavy breathing. Yeah. So some some fun facts about uh, about Halloween. Uh, I'm not going to read all these. I'll just go over um, some of, some of them here. I already uh, already talked about that one. Oh, I like this one a lot. Um, uh, as the movie was shot in early spring in Southern California. Uh, as opposed to Illinois in late October when it was set, the crew had to buy paper leaves from a decorator and then paint them in autumn colors and then scatter them in the filming locations to make it look like autumn. And and so, but but they didn't have very much money. So to save money, 
after a scene was filmed, they had to go up and like and like pick up the leaves for use in a later part in the movie, mm-hmm. which I thought that thought was hilarious. I would I like to I would like to make mention of the fact that this was made for three hundred thousand dollars and it, yeah, we talked about that. Oh, and it turned into seventy oh. million. Yeah, yeah, they uh, yeah, it's one they, of the most successful horror movies ever. Yeah, yeah, behind like Blair Witch and uh, and Paranormal, Paranormal activity. activity and yeah, but um. So final recommendations, really anybody who even vaguely likes horror movies will enjoy this movie. We'll have a good time with friends watching this, I think. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that if I would recommend it to everyone. I think it's more for for students of horror that just want to have the education of what are the, uh, you know, original slasher movies. Because you can basically see this movie in 20 other movies by now. If you've seen five other slashers, it's not required viewing. But if you want to see one of the original, you should see it. Yeah, that's in fair. Of, in terms of enjoyment. That's fair. And But but it, to add to that list, I would say, you know, if if you're not a fan of horror or horror particularly scares you, you know, if, 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 if you're light of heart, this is a great light entry yeah that is serviceable in every way and is a lot of fun and is funny and it's a great date movie yeah it's a good date movie too yeah yeah so um now we're going to transition into taglines Taglines today brought to you by Papa Mom's Pizza. Tired of all those commercial pizza places that are owned by rich white men and put bland traditional toppings on their pizzas? Papa Mom's is the first pizza chain that is owned and operated exclusively by the transgender community. And we know how to do pizza right. Try our phallus-free pizza that incorporates absolutely no ingredients that could ever be mistaken for a ding-dong. Conversely, try our abfab phallus delight that only incorporates ingredients that are tall and stately. Papa Mom's Pizza. If the pizza isn't delicious, at least it will be sexual. Call us at 1-800-PAPA-MOM to receive a condescending talking to today. Here's Tagline. Okay, so taglines is a bit where we think up some corny, funny, goofy taglines to go with the movie. So uh, I'll go first. Halloween. The trick is offering him candy. Shut up. (laughs) I'm I'm the worst audience for these. Like, I'm like uh, when when they describe the the showrunner for comedians on talk shows. What else you got? What else you got? Yeah, thanks. Good. Very good. good. That's great. What else you got? Uh, Halloween. How do doors even work? <laughs> oh, man. She was struggling with those doors. for Dude, how can you struggle with a door for 45 seconds? Honest to God. Yeah. I mean, on the inside. On the inside. Like it's got where the gl- lock is. Right. Well, there was a rake against the against that door. Yeah. But and against still, the glass pane door. The, yeah. Yep. If you're... Yeah. Whatever. Come on. Come on. Okay, uh, Halloween. House watching simulator, 1978. <laughs> I like that buy one. It, buy it on Steam. Yeah. Halloween. Attack of the One Minute Man. 
the one minute man from yeah, the one boyfriend that yeah 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 like, i gotta go i gotta go i got mine bart i don't want to alarm you but there may be a boogeyman or boogeymen in the house <laughs> uh this one is for referring to dr loomis halloween my doctorate is in waiting <laughs> He does wait a lot. He just waits at the Myers house for right. a majority of the movie. He'll be here any minute. I know Michael. Trust me. He'll be here yeah. now. He was being productive. He was scaring kids. Yeah. Hey, get out of there. <laughs> uh, the only treat is metal scraping against bone. Oh, and some boobs. Yeah. All right. <laughs> here we go. Let's get prepared to lose some listeners. Halloween, barely legal brother penetrates his hot blonde sister. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, baby, I can hear them listens going away. So it was worth it. I think so. It's worth it to amuse ourselves. I liked it. If we can't amuse ourselves, then what are we doing What's this even for? Even the point. Yeah. So uh, now let's get into some horror movie news. Um, Google released the most searched horror movie villains by state uh, a day or two ago. And so um, I dare you. What's the time frame? The time? uh, Well, it's, I don't know. Most searched horror. Is there like a front runner for all states or are they actually different? Yeah. So there is, there is a huge, like there is the most looked up by by a well, not 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 like a breakaway, but but definitely a, like there's two that are that are big big winners. And guess guess the most looked up one. You won't. I'm I'm gonna guess Pennywise. You are incorrect. Pennywise way down the list. Hmm. The most. What, what is, does it give a time frame for it? I I can't find a time frame for it. I'm sure that obviously there must be a time some frame. between 2000 and now. I, yeah, I don't know, uh, but 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 the most looked up uh, is Norman Bates by yeah. a by a pretty substantial margin. He got All right. thirteen states, lots of them. Yeah, I'm trying to game the system because it's got to be like a cultural relevant thing, and Norman Bates, it's got to be like attached to the TV show, the Bates Motel. Yeah. The uh you want to guess number 2 who's who's not far behind number 1, but Hannibal Lecter? No. I don't even know. Oh, Hannibal Lecter did make the list. He was like uh he's like number 6. Number 6 or so. No, the second is Chucky. Huh. Yeah, who got uh like 11. Uh 11 netting 11 states including California. Wow. Yeah, and Texas. Um yeah, you... that that video that movie series is like a sleeper. They're still it seems like they still release one every once in a while. And yeah, you and, don't hear about it that much. Well, and and the thing about the thing about uh Child's Play is I don't think I don't think any of them are like necessarily B movies. Like I think they've all been in terms of budget, I think they've all been big studio. Yeah. Um I so. can't think of any it feels like none of them are straight to video. Right, that's like, what I'm saying. Even they've got like Bride of Chucky or Cult of Chucky. I feel like those went to theaters, but I'm not I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Number 3 is Frankenstein's Monster. 
number four, uh, and the one that tops the list for Washington is Alien, which I'm quite proud of huh. to be included in that list of five. Now, wait a minute. How do you know that they were searching Alien yeah. specifically and not like, yeah. you know? I don't know, man. Maybe they'd go by like Alien movie. Maybe. Maybe, but it do- does not say that. Hmm. Uh, further down the list, right behind Alien, we got Jack Torrance from The Shining. Um, Count Dracula, uh, basically in a tie with Jack, and then Hannibal Lecter, uh, and then Pinhead, huh. and then Pennywise. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought that was I thought that was rather interesting. Okay, so Variety uh, reported that diverse audiences are driving the horror box office boom. They say that horror is on a hot streak for the movie business and diverse millennials may be to thank for the surge in ticket sales. Well, no shit. I, who else would it be? <laughs> like, you think a bunch of boomers are like, it is time for horror. Oh, I don't know. I think, I think it's, it'd be true. Diverse, true diversity, because think about the most recent Halloween. There's going to be people that are, were horror fans back in their twenties. Yeah. In the you're 70s. not wrong. Yeah. I mean, Definitely X, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's the alternative? There's not a lot of, like, alternative movies other than giant franchises. The real, like, independently spirited studio movies are are horror movies. They're the only ones that have, like, unique stories. Yeah. Because you're not going to find it in rom-coms. No, definitely not. There's, like, practically no dramas anymore, either. Like, you you find out what dramas are out by waiting for Oscar season and be like, oh, I've never heard of any of these movies. I guess I'll go check them out. Yeah. And they all end up being good, but you've never heard of them before. That is true. Yeah, um, apparently last year marked the first time uh, that the horror genre grossed over $1 billion at the box office. Um, and, uh, and this is all from variety. And if this holiday season is any indication, moviegoers are still willing to shell out, uh, pretty, pretty decent, uh, money for good, uh, good scares, quiet place. And the nun most recently Halloween, um, are just a few titles that, uh, that delivered big this year on profits. Um, also the other thing, if you think about it, the trend more towards viewing movies in your home because you got the giant TV and yeah. sound system. Like the only two genres that it's worth really going to the theater for a lot of people are the ones where yeah. audience participation matters. Yep. So it'd be comedies, horror movies, and then just big budget blockbusters that you want yeah, Transformers, to see action. on a giant screen. Yeah. But, like, dramas and rom-coms, like, everyone's just waiting for those to come out on video. Um, so, yeah. Uh, good news for us, because, you know, Bloomhouse putting out a bunch of good shit. A24 putting out a ton of good stuff. Um, and they're doing it with, you know, by encouraging small independent filmmakers, giving them, giving them you know, small budgets, and then just giving them autonomy to create whatever they want. Um, so... Yeah, encouraging for for us and, you know, the niche that we've decided to to target. Speaking of A24, I did have one news item. Yeah? They're releasing Ari Aster, the the director of Hereditary. Mm -hmm. Next summer they're going to release another one of his movies that's around. Oh, baby. Oh. Which will be great. Baby. Yeah. Pagan cult film. Oh man, I that I'm just I'm drooling already. That I mean that hereditary right up my alley. Yeah. 
we got to release that episode here shortly. We got to give that as like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so do you got anything else? Um, no. So with that, I think we will uh, we will say thank you to our audience for listening to us. Go and uh, you know walk this this weekend or uh, or over Halloween uh, tonight as as you listen to us. You know, rent Halloween on Amazon or subscribe to Shutter. Watch it and have a good time. Um, as always, share us with a friend uh, if you're so inclined. Yeah. And if you're not inclined. And if you're not this inclined. Is, this just, is very important to just, us yeah. because the only way that this is really going to grow is if people that stumbled upon us and think we're even slightly amusing shares it with other people Yeah, that might find it slightly amusing. Or useful. Just we need to need to build up that base, yeah. and and we appreciate all you listeners that tune in every week, and yeah, just share it with your friends, post it on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter. Yeah, and if you'd really like to help us out, you can leave us some feedback by taking our audience survey on our website. That's horrormovietalk.com. We're currently surveying our listeners um, to learn more about you, so you know, please take a few minutes and fill it out. It's right on the top. Uh, navigation bar so just click on it and take the listener survey um thank you everybody for listening and have a very happy halloween and we love you very much i love you bye as long as you share our podcast bye Bye.